Alright. <coughs> Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that wants the producers of Invincible to know, we get it. We get it. Just get get on with it. <laughs> I'm Max. And I'm JR. Seriously, though, you can't count on that many seasons, guys. Come on. Let's, let's fucking go. Um, yeah. Especially when I, you're only doing an hour and, well, 45 minutes or whatever it is per episode. And, like, it still feels like it's dragging, you know? Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, guys. Um, but it's, it's other than that, it's fine. And I'm kind of enjoying it. Uh, hi, how's it going? All right, you? That's fine. I, uh... I am the reason why we didn't record last week, and I'm okay with that. Because I just couldn't get through this week's reading, which we'll talk about when we get there. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, shit happens, yeah. you know? We're, I mean, like, I think, I think it would be more pressing if we had, like, a Patreon or something. Oh, yeah. Like, going, you know... Right, but like, but like, when my brain just is like, I don't want to do this, but I'm like, I really need, I really want you to, though, brain, and brain's just like, nah, not this week, it ain't gonna happen, yeah. this is super villain team up, and you don't, A, you just don't care, and B, I am, I'm not gonna be nice to you about it, I'm like, well, sorry guys, we're out, because <laughs> uh, I got a parking ticket from my brain, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, you know, I don't, regarding the Invincible thing, I'm enjoying the show. I like the show, but just, come on. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Let's go. Well, uh, like, uh, I, I know we talked about it for ten minutes already, but, like, my thing is just, like, we, we, you could have been doing the thing already, right? Like, yeah. I'm a... You don't have to cut the robot thing. That was actually kind of fun um, and weird, uh, but like in a fun, weird way. And, and they're speeding that up. Like that's, you know, I talked about William, but they're speeding up the robot thing too. And uh, the the in the comics, the Mars mission doesn't happen until after Nolan leaves. Eve doesn't leave to go fuck off and help the world until after nolan leaves and stuff like that like i there's so much that it feels like they're front loading and then they're dragging their feet on the nolan thing and it's just like that's why i'm like why are you dragging your feet on the Nolan? that's the thing that very much feels like just ex just explain it like this didn't have to be episode two but you could do it in episode five right like just get get to it um and <clears throat> well, on a, honestly, the Nolan thing could have been... I'm just terrified that he, You know, it's like... It, I, I was just terrified that he was going to kill Debbie, and I was like, don't kill Debbie. Debbie's the best. Yeah, I... So, here's here's my thing, and minor, minor spoilers. I mean, everybody knows what the deal is, basically, but um, the thing about it is... You could have had the first episode is Mark kind of like getting his powers and blah, blah, blah. And Nolan kills the Guardians. The second episode could have been uh, the the um, 
the uh, uh, them training and stuff like that. And then also at the end, Nolan reveals all of the stuff about Viltrum that he lied about. Episode three could have been their fight and the fallout of all of that and Nolan leaving Earth. And then at the end of the season, we could have had the Viltrumites show up and be like, how's it? How's the invasion going? And like, that could have been your season finale and it would have like moved things along a lot more. Yeah. You still could have done plenty of this stuff. Yeah. While not dragging our fucking feet with the, with the... With the Nolan thing. Yeah. And I get and I get it. You got J.K. Simmons. You want to use him. I, I get that. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's, there's plenty of time to use J.K. Simmons. <laughs> there's still plenty of Nolan left to go. Anyway, moving on. All right. News. Uh, news. We have several things. Um, I really... So the one comic thing we have going right now, sure, because let's... the the problem, the problem with um, doing comics news is that barring real world shit like Marvel dropping diamond or a creator dying or stuff like that, a lot of Marvel, a lot of comics news tends to consist of, well, they're doing a big storyline, but like we don't actually know how big a deal this is actually going to be when it's all said and done. So is it even worth it to talk about? Right. Um, whereas with the MCU, there's a lot of news and some of it winds up feeling more substantive just because it's they're not going to just reset shit when it's all done right. like you yeah. know i don't know uh, unless unless this new campaign bring back tony stark to life great hashtag guys um <laughs> succeeds but whatever um anyway comics wise so you know we talked about how they're having a vote for the last member of the new the first official x team post uh, Krakoa. Right. And Polaris won, which I like Polaris. Everybody But does. I like what... Do what? I was going to say that that's the thing to me is everybody likes Polaris. Polaris is... Polaris is a fine choice. I'm not going to be mad about it. It's just like I would have rather Marrow just because I'm a... I like chaos. Um, well, and also... You know, the the thing about it is Polaris makes sense on an X team because you get the power of Magneto without a lot of the baggage. You get that different... having <laughs> that Magneto having Mag... on an X team <laughs> having Magneto comes... around comes with yeah. you get yeah. you get different baggage, but that's You more... get different baggage, but it's not so mass murdery. <laughs> it's, um... it's definitely Lorda centric baggage, but like it isn't oh you know, you, you do remember when he used a bridge to kill a city, right? No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he disassembled um, the bridge and impaled everyone in Manhattan. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like that. It's just like, I get, I, but Lorna should have been, just been in a member of the team. 
Why not just put Lorna on the team and then have people vote on another character? Um, the problem, the problem is I, I like what they've been doing with her in X Factor and I would have liked her to stay in yeah, X Factor, but that's, that's my own saying. thing. Yeah. But ultimately what it comes down to is the fact that just put Lorna on the team. Why yeah. was she part of the vote? Like you knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Um, oh no, maybe they won't choose Lorna. What, yeah. What? Now, so here's the actual who, roster. Who were the other options? Uh, let's see. Strong Guy, Banshee, Mero, Tempo. Uh, shit, who else? Um, Black Tom, I think. <coughs> no. Uh... Let me see real quick. I, uh, I don't armor know. armor was one armor. Yeah. I um, would much rather seen armor or boom, boom or boom. cannonball forge. Yeah. Uh, sunspot. Yeah. That's a, that's an insane list. Now that it, you, you break it down to like six characters, not this. That sounds like you'd listed 10 people. Well, a couple, one or two of those were not. Black Tom was not, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, um, the thing, the thing about it is, so, like I said, Polaris, just put her on the team. Let yeah. people vote on somebody else. Polaris, Polaris being on the team makes sense. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Um. Because I, I ultimately feel like Polaris was kind of the one they were planning on anyway. Yeah. And she was in the team, or she was in the vote, just to be like, here, pretend like you have a say in things, but really we're <laughs> going to do what the fuck we want. Like um, when you give your little brother the controller, or player two controller, but it's not plugged in. Right. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, <laughs> You're controlling so... the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh so, or or honestly, like, uh, it's kind of like in Super Mario Galaxy, where the second player collected the bits, and it's just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. It's like, you're helping. Thanks sure. for the ammo. Um, so the actual team that they've announced now is Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Polaris, Rogue, uh, Sunfire, Sync, and Laura Kinney Wolverine, uh, which I like. Yeah. I like this team um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, so Scott and Jean had been on the Quiet Council of Krakoa, but that was that was not going to last. That's all there is to it. Yeah, Scott and Jean are not bureaucrats; they're frontline people. Yeah. Uh, so they, they were part of the quiet council. So they got to like inform the basics of Krakoa and now they've left and they're leading the X-Men. Cool. Um, Rogue and Sync being there. Fuck yes. Um, because we've got some power duplication going on, which just makes sense in a field team. Like, yeah. Sure. Because Gene gets knocked out. If you if that's your heavy hitter, then everybody else is just like, well, shit, what now? Sync 
I've always loved Sink. Um, add to that the fact that since his resurrection, his now his powers now uh, aren't just limited to mutants. He can sync with anyone, hmm. which is going to make a whole lot of battles a lot more interesting. Um, Sunfire, cool. Um, I feel like he could, being on an actual team for some length of time, could mellow him out. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, having a Wolverine makes sense. I'm glad it's a different Wolverine. Yeah. Good call. Plus, I like Laura's Wolverine. Um, so, yeah. And Polaris, there have been some dipshits who have been... Um, <laughs> there have been some dipshits. No! Yeah, I know. Way to narrow it down. Uh, <laughs> there have been some people complaining about Polaris being redundant because Gene is there. And it's like, okay, look. Gene is a very powerful telepath. Sure. Yeah. Polaris controls one of the fundamental forces of the universe. Yeah. Like, that's not a redundancy, guys. <laughs> If anything, Gene is redundant <laughs> there. Um, no, Gene is there for the telepathy, not the telekinesis. Like, she's a really right. powerful telekinetic as well. And, like, she's there to lift things if they need it. But, like, no, as you say, um, Lorna, if she really digs down and does the work, can start undoing Adam's. Like, well, so Gene is generally strong enough to be able to deconstruct matter sure on a molecular level i'm not saying she's not powerful she is yeah. but like again fundamental force <laughs> of the universe there were four and she <laughs> controls one of them yeah like it's not just hand waving and metal moves like <laughs> that is the basic like that's the overt manifestation but fuck man um Anyway, so that's that. Being um, able to control magnetism means you you do actually have access to two other two of the other fundamentals for sure. And like, I'm only not I'm only gonna say not gravity because we haven't figured that math out yet. But like, more than well, likely just, that too. <laughs> yeah, like, stop sleeping on Polaris, people. It's not just. If and you think if lumpy. if you're if your understanding of magnetism begins and ends with whole begins and ends with hold shit on my refrigerator, sit the fuck down. Like I don't claim to understand it all, but at least I'm like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the Shang Chi trailer. Okay. Um, so, <coughs> one thing I'm happy about is we're not seeing any Blackjack Tar. We're not seeing any of the other bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're going more with more recent Shang-Chi stuff, yeah. it seems, than the old school stuff. And, like, you know, if you've been listening... You know, if you've been following our journey with Shang-Chi, you know that there's some good stuff in there. But there's also, like, 
there's Black some Jack inc- Tar. <laughs> well, yeah. There's some incredibly um, good character moments. However, I don't know that that forgives the sum total of all this. Sh- the you can have all of that without <laughs> yeah uh, this other shit. Yeah. You can adapt that and like put other characters in that are that don't make me hate you. Um, um, well, and I think the thing about the trailer in general was that for me, all it really told me was you're going to like this guy. Like he's just mm-hmm. got, I don't know if it's about the way that he's carrying the character, but you're going to like this actor. Um, yeah. And I, okay, cool. Good. Because, like, the way that he does that, the stance, like, right at the end, at the back of the bus, where, or just before Aquafina does some shit, um, but, like, the stance right before he's, like, seriously about to kick some ass, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna love this dude. Um, yeah. This is great. But, well, like, and I'm gonna love the fights. The fights yeah. are gonna be fucking awesome. Um, but it didn't tell me much else. Yeah. And that's... Not concerning. We do this a lot, right? When it's a trailer. It was it's not a teaser. Supposed... It was yeah. a teaser trailer. It's a two-minute teaser. To be clear. It's not supposed to tell me a whole lot. But, like, other than to get me to go, these fights are going to be awesome, and I really like that guy. So, mission accomplished. But, right. uh... Well, and if, if you've watched Kim's Convenience, which, if you haven't, go do so. Just fucking... Do. It's an awesome show. It's, it's funny, and, like... Yeah. Um but the Similu uh is has a lot he's a very charming kind of dude. Yeah. Uh in that show. So I think he's going to bring a lot to uh to Shang-Chi that the character will will need because yeah. Um, but also like, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited to see where we go with this. I think, you know, they showed the costume that he'll be wearing in the poster and I think it looks really good. Um, you know, we're getting some proper Mandarin stuff. We've had a whole lot of fucking red herrings and fake outs. And we're going to get some proper Mandarin. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be the Yellow Peril shit. Um, no, but, they've got their... And that's that's the thing that's like that looks like maybe... One of the things that like Nerdist brought up on their, you know, breakdowns of not just the trailer, but also Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like... We're getting... There were clear power vacuums after, after Endgame, well, mm-hmm. after Infinity War, and then after Endgame, there was a more upheaval as well, right? So, right, Mandarin being able to set up a network pretty much under the radar. Um, well, he already had. The they network. already had the network, but like reestablish his network quickly because, you know, he's the Mandarin, and then insert himself post blip right even more or after endgame even more assertively because 
a bunch of people that he needed came back. Like, that all makes sense to me because we're talking about it's fucking criminal mastermind, right? Even before the rings come out, like, he's supposed to be not... It's it's a, it's a mob boss on, like, steroids. And that's what he's... To me, that's one of the ways that he feel, that he reads. We can do that and have it be a true international threat at that point as well. Well, I like... The thing that I really like is this is something that has been simmering since the get-go. You know, we've had we've had this undercurrent of this terrorist network the whole time. Yeah. Um and so to see you know, it would have been it would have been I like I like the fact that for one thing I like the fact that we're getting proper Mandarin because the Mandarin reference in the very first Iron Man was like, okay, cool. Um, But the fact that in Iron Man 3, we get Aldrich Killian being like, I am the Mandarin. And it's just like, so wait. This massive network of people working to destabilize all this shit was because Tony iced a dude out at a party one time? Come the fuck on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that short where we find out, no, the Mandarin is actually a real thing. Cool. All right. And now we're getting that. And it's like, uh, awesome. Yeah. So, um, and I like... I like how they've adapted the rings from the comics um, because that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Um, What? You didn't like the found them on an alien spacecraft? Well, we don't know. We don't know exactly the origin of the rings, but I'm saying them being like on the arm rather than on the hands. Like, (laughs) uh, like, yeah, I, I like that better. Um, like I said, I I look forward to a For Realsies trailer. Um, you know, I, there's, there's a lot here. Um, I know that some people consider Aquafina problematic because she does a black scent um, and has appropriated hip-hop. What a, you know, I'm not, no. Okay. Well, that's yeah. That's way outside our purview. Um, I I just I'm bringing it up. Those 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 things exist. I am not. I'm not a dude. I'm not the dude to comment on Asians appropriating black culture. Yeah. Like. You know, I yeah. liked Fresh Off the Boat, even though I guess the creator of that is. Okay, but like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, normally, I find her annoying, um, but like, she actually seems fun in this, which is good. Uh, and I don't know. I, I I am excited for the rest of it. I want to see what it, where we go. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Russell Crowe is Zeus in Love and Thunder. 
Um, Which, honest to God, is perfect. Like, he's just so grumpy and surly and kind of <laughs> shitty that, like, having that guy be Zeus is like... <clears throat> yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's great. I'm I'm uh, I'm on board for all of that whatever. Um my my major thing is I want Hercules. I, need I want to know his I want we... his chaotic himbo energy <laughs> in the MCU. Like I want that dude. I want that like libertine sort of like yeah, sure, let's all fuck. Like we beat Thanos. Let's get to sucking and fucking. And like <laughs> You know, <laughs> I take everybody. You want to bang? <laughs> you, you, I don't care. Yeah. Um, Get over and here. Just, and like, you know, he is, he, I like him being perpetually like Thor in Thor. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, bring me another and all of that. Like, cool. I'm on board. Well, yeah, but um, he never gets past that. You know, like yeah, no, he never gets past it. Thor, I'm fine with Th- that. Thor in the diner in in the first Thor movie. That's just him forever, and I that's fantastic. And yeah. I I like this. You know, our new, more mature sort of has seen some shit. That would be. I don't know if that is a good way to deal with Thor's trauma, but like. Him having to chase Hercules down to keep him out of fucking trouble. Like that. And constantly being like, I can't believe I used to be like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, is that. What is that? Is that a story? I don't know. I think that feels fun. Like I was saying before we started recording, that being the B plot is basically them just doing the buddy cop thing in the background like solving a crime on accident is um while the a plot is uh jane and uh valkyrie actually saving the world like that's (laughs) well and i and i think that i think that you know a a thor hercules situation is good from the standpoint of where Thor is at currently. Yeah. Because, you know, after Endgame, he's like trying to figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. And so to then have chaotic himbo Hercules over here that's just like, I'm what you were, like, not that long ago. <laughs> and like, Thor's just like, okay, so that's what I was. <laughs> what am I now? Like, okay, cool. So. Yeah. Um, you can't be like this. I have to be like this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to our last thing, and I feel like we should go ahead and do spoiler warning now uh, so we can go ahead and talk about some shit. Spoiler uh, warning. So, spoiler warning, skip to... 49 minutes and 15 seconds. And uh, if you don't want to hear stuff okay good all right so on friday uh after they dropped the last episode of falcon and winter soldier they announced captain america 4 which is going to be co-written by uh the by malcolm spellman who uh was the showrunner 
on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, it's going to be co-written by Malcolm Spellman and Dalen Musan, uh, who also wrote on Falcon and Winter Winter Soldier. Cool. I, I'm on. I'm on board for that, and I I am happy that they that they kind of waited on that because Falcon and Winter Soldier leading to uh, Falcon becoming Captain America was kind of a gimme. Sure, but I'm I'm glad that our rush to announce all the shit we're doing. Uh, is still allowing for some surprises along the way. Yeah, the the pandemic sort of fucked up. Clearly, it fucked a lot of things up. But like in this niche, little doesn't matter. Nobody died. Um, corner of the world. It's they've Marvel has been extremely patient, really, um, with the stuff that they have released and i think they've done a really good job of like well we've got wandavision most of the way done it was supposed to be second and we were supposed to do a lot of announcements after this we got to give them something otherwise you know cultural cachet and stuff people like that. will riot <laughs> well not only the riots but even the, no, the normal people will start like maybe losing interest because they don't have the eyeballs on it right um, um and so they hit them being able to like actually meter out some stuff while not tanking the theater industry like Warner Brothers went ahead and did um, is been good. Um, but you can tell now that we're getting toward the end as with everything, right? Uh, everybody's getting a little antsy and I, I kind of feel like it from even the corporate sense of the word. It's like, there's going to be a shitload of money on the table. We need to make sure that we're in front of it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, I am, I am fine and excited by a Captain America news. And especially with that showrunner as one of the writers, that's a good, good, good thing. Yeah. I, I really, so let's talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the show. Um, I don't, I have mixed feelings about certain things um, because, so like in the last episode, I thought Sam as Cap was really good. I enjoyed the fight against the flag smashers and like him taking out the pilot in the helicopter and all of that shit. That was all awesome. Um, I liked redeeming John Walker a certain amount that we kind of pulled back because I, John Walker was interesting, but I worried we were going to go down the, he becomes a forgettable villain and winds up getting pieced out before the whole thing is over uh situation and but they so also did, it isn't uh it was certainly not an all is forgiven moment right 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 and i thought that that was more done with a a direction and a photography which was interesting because like when he shows up 
you're still getting angles that are like, oh no, you're not supposed to be here. Like, right. you should not, not only are you not supposed to be here, you should not be here. You, right. Like, and at that point, it's like, you could get hurt. Like, yeah. you're, you're crazy. And, yeah. well, not crazy, excuse me. Let me take that back. Your PTSD'd out the ass. Yeah, man. You need you need to go sit down um, and talk to somebody. But, like, he's given the, you know, I don't think that it totally redeems him, clearly. And I don't think the show is asking me for forgiveness for this character, right. which I think right. is good. It's like, because there's are there some ways you can shoot that where he makes the choice between catch the people falling in the truck or go after Kelly and or Carly at Gar go after Carly. And he makes the choice to save the people. And the show is basically goes, yeah, that's the bare minimum. You jackass. Like, right. You right. Don't get, I'm not, we don't, you don't get points for this. Right. right? I, th- I think it's, I'm, I, what I'm getting at is that, he had a he had an opportunity to go full heel. Yeah. He had an opportunity to go <coughs> full obsessive villain and then eventually he's got to be taken down completely. Here he kind of walked it back a little bit. And so it's like okay, you may be salvageable. That's all we're, that's all I'm willing to concede at this time is just, okay, so you're not full on gone. Yeah. That's something we can work with. And yeah. Um, so, and I, and I do think it's worth talking about the John, John Walker, I don't think is an out and out bad guy. Yeah. In this, you know, they've made they've gone to great lengths to make it clear he is what he's been made to be yeah um and so if we can get past that because as it stands he is bucky i mean ultimately he wasn't full-blown brainwashed but he was like a lot of the stuff he has become has to do with what he was intended to be because the military gobbles people up and spits out, spits them out. Like it's, it's not a good, it's not a good system. Um, and John Walker has been fundamentally fucked up by that. And the super soldier serum magnified that, um, so maybe he's fixable, uh, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, um, he got. His, I, yeah, we need to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was just, I was just gonna say, I think that, um, his being snapped up by Val is not going to aid in that. No, um, no, no. by any stretch. Uh, it gives Sam's, him something to do, which is good. Um, but like, I don't know that it's going to necessarily be good things that he's doing. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's categorically not. Um, but like the, the thing that, 
the thing that's frustrating is I loved the bit with Isaiah at the end. I thought that that got me. I like cried. him taking him taking Isaiah to the Smithsonian and there's a statue of him and I, stuff like that. Like that was I, I paused oh, it after man. that. Even though we only had five min- or three minutes left in the episode, I paused it and Jocelyn came into the room and she was like she just looked at me across the you know, from the hall or whatever, and was and I just looked at her and was like, "Stupid show made me cry." She goes, "I thought <laughs> I heard, I thought I heard that." I was like, "Stupid show." Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, what I what I will say is, I there have been differing reactions to Sam's talking to the GRC people. Um, my my feeling is so i don't expect a show from disney to radicalize anyone and honestly i think a lot of it comes across as disingenuous uh to to attempt your disney like why are any any conversation from you about like altering the fundamental paradigm i find suspect it is possible that somebody watching this may be like holy shit yeah he's right but that's some no anyone who does that is gonna was probably gonna go down that road anyway um and i think the fundamental problem is that the way this is the way this is framed is, you know, ordinarily, there's been a lot of talk about how Marvel villains have a perfectly, a perfectly justifiable grievance. They just go about things the wrong way. And that's been true for several, like Killmonger. Um, but then, like, the villa, the heroes just like, I agree with you. I just don't agree with what you're doing. And then they defeat the villain and then they don't really do anything about what the villain was saying. And I feel like this is kind of a bandaid on that because ultimately what this is, is saying you're absolutely right. The system is wrong. You have to work within the system to change that. But like, the system isn't going to let you do that. Incrementalism, we've seen what does incrementalism do. And, you know, ultimately, Sam convincing the, the leaders of the GRC to stop what they're doing. Yay, he wa- he succeeded, but also, like, he only did it, he didn't do it by cons- convincing them of the righteousness of what he was saying. He did it by saying, you're going to create more of her. That's all, all he did was replace their fear with a different fear. And that's not, that's not convincing. So they're not doing anything out of the goodness of their heart or because it's the right thing to do. They're doing it because, well, shit. We don't want more terrorism. So. Yeah, but they were never going to do it out of the goodness of their hearts or because it was the right thing to do either. 
because the system doesn't allow for the, them to do that. Right? I I agree. I'm just I'm just saying like his his win wasn't really a win in the way that they're trying to pass it off as. Yeah. You know? I mean, I definitely be like, okay, you as far as that fight there goes, Cap, you won this round in that you stalled it. It's still yeah. probably going to happen unless you're there to shame them into doing it in the room every fucking day. Right? Right. And right. you don't have that kind of time. Um, right. So. Ugh. And, you know, and, you know, like we, we, t- we talk about, you know, there's this conversation around all of this going on because what he was saying about like um about well everyone in the room looks like you everyone in the room is like you um that's great but also when you bring reformers into the system very rarely do they stay reformers the system chews them up and spits them out or they become the system and you know so yeah there need to be people in the room who aren't like that but once you introduce them to the room what keeps them from becoming like that yeah because the system like unless you break it down and change it fundamentally is going to do the same thing to them like i I doubt, I doubt every single person in that room at the GRC council went into, went into public service or whatever business they're in going, you know, I'm really going to fuck people over. I'm sure. I'm really looking forward to subjugation. I can't wait to remove people from, from places and make sure that they don't get medicine. Yeah. Like, I doubt, I am sure there were a number of idealists in that room at one point. But, like, you don't stay an idealist for long in a fundamentally unjust system. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. <clears throat> Otherwise, I, I liked it. I, I, I did. There was a, I love Bucky. I love Bucky. Yeah. He's gotten so much great character development in this series that he w- that he just hasn't gotten. He's mostly just been like, grr, you know. Yeah, and he smiled a lot during this show, and we got like actual stuff and like. Well, and there was some fun pithiness too from him in the last few episodes where. Yeah. I mean, even the 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 tiny things where after that, after the big cap speech, he's just like, "Sorry, I missed out." Um, I was texting. The last thing I heard was uh, "Black Man Black and Stars, man with- <laughs> Stars and Stripes." What what happened? And he's like, and Cap's like, "Oh God!" Um, and pat on the back. Uh, oh, by the way, Karen or Karen Sharon's gut shot. We probably ought to take care of that. Uh, yeah. And I like what we're doing with Sharon. Uh, that's cool. I think. Uh, that they spent exactly the amount of time to get that across. Mm-hmm. She's pissed. Uh, 
She's and even after her pardon, she's still mad mm-hmm. because these three idiots got away with it. Like, and from my three idiots got away with this, and I got fucked. Yeah. Um. Fuck this. I'm gonna get mine. Um, yeah. And the fact that you know she gets her pardon and she's just like, okay, line up, line them up, because. <laughs> Mama's about to have a brand new revenue stream. Uh, yeah. And that's great. I yeah. kind of thought it was going to be her and Val that were going to be um, something. And that could still be true, I guess, because we don't really know what Val's deal is. I'm guessing some Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts, something like that. Uh, I've seen a lot of that going around. Um I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I. It would be easier I don't, to know. Like, do we know what uh, um, the guy who plays John Walker? Uh, Wyatt Russell. Yes. Do we know what? Do you remember in the two thousand like two thousand tens? We knew what everybody's contracts were, so we could kind of figure out what it was they were going to be in. Have you heard right. what his contract is? No. Yeah. So, here, here's what I'm going to say about all of the Thunderbolts speculation. Dark Avengers? Fine. Thunderbolts? No. Because I... You're way I protective. Don't, no, it's it's not... I It's not even that I'm protective of it. I, I think the Thunderbolts as villains in disguise, who then kind of find that they like it, is a more interesting premise than... Marvel Suicide Squad. Yeah. And so I I would much rather I would much rather see that because I think there's a lot more interesting uh look at characters to be had um than um than with like you all have to be you all have to do what we say because bomb in your neck or whatever nanites or blah 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 that's not to say that's bad but i i think that first of all it's derivative and second of all i think that you know when you when you look at the original run of thunderbolts there was a lot of getting into the psychology of what makes somebody become a villain and how how easy that is to sort of supplant with the same shit that they get from being a hero because you know in the original thunderbolts team you had uh songbird who was just like struggling to find a family and you had mock one through i think he's on 10 now um who is just looking for recognition of his abilities. And you have Atlas, who's just looking for someone to tell him what to do, and so on and so forth. And that's all far more interesting than Carrot Stick, you know? Yeah. So, So yeah. Well, and then you have Zemo manipulating all of that. Right. Because he's, that's what he does, right, by that point. That's much more interesting too than because basically, yeah, like they they're all there for a reason. 
deep down. They might not express that to each other because duh. Um, But like they're there for a reason and it's, it's much better. I don't know. Yeah. also, you would if if you did the nanites thing, you would get a lot of people being like, <clears throat> "Suicide Squad, blah blah blah," or whatever. Yeah, and I don't. I want that. Like, I want um, knives slid under my toenails. Well, yeah, because I'm tired. You know, I it's even whether it's right or wrong, whether they're whether they're correct in saying that is largely irrelevant. Yeah, no, I'm just Um, tired. It's just annoying. In the wake of the Shang-Chi thing, you had people talking about how Shang-Chi is like Damian Wayne. And it's just like, uh, moving on. So anyway, um, comics, comics. All right. So we start this week. With Marvel Spotlight number one, which has a cover by Jeff Acklin and Bob McCloud, written by Doug Mensch, penciled by Pat Broderick, inked by Bruce Patterson, colored by Carl Gafford and Glynis Ween, lettered by Elaine Heinel, uh, and edited by Roger Stern and Jim Salakrup. Having dealt with stellar acts on Earth, uh, Drax, Marvell, Rick, and what's her name? Gertie. Gertie, yes. I, you know, like, she's just, she's just kind of there. She um, came from nowhere, so. She came from nowhere, <laughs> and I, I've never encountered her elsewhere, so I feel like she's just kind of there for this, and that's it. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, Gertie, yeah. uh, they make their way back toward Titan. Uh, they get uh, ambushed above Saturn by soldiers working for Isaac. Uh, however, Isaac orders an, orders a bombardment for, that will wipe all of them out. And so when Marvell and Drax manage to stop it, but the soldiers are just like, man, fuck Isaac. (laughs) Um, Isaac, meanwhile, revives Stellarax, Chaos, and Gaia. Exciting. Whatever. Uh, anything to really say about that issue? No, <clears throat> no. I mean, cool. honestly, this is such a downer ending for this run of Marvel. but let's keep going. All right. Uh, Marvel spotlight number two has a cover by Frank Miller and Terry Austin and is covered by Ben Sean, uh, lettered by Diana Albers, helps if I can talk, and edited by by Roger Stern. Um, Isaac captures Marvell and group and brings them in. Uh, He has shut off the environmental systems, so... All of the Eternals of Titan are slowly suffocating. All of the life on Titan is dying. Uh, Marvell makes one sort of la- last stand uh, against Isaac and loses, but in the process, 
Isaac is exposed to the totality of Marvell's cosmic awareness. Um, and so being in contact with all of life and experiencing everything that every living thing in the, in the universe is experiencing, uh, shorts him out. And so Isaac still functions, but his higher processes have been shorted out. And so they're able to restore the environmental systems of Titan and, um, and survive uh, while the danger has passed. So I guess I do like that. The which part? The him, Isaac. There's it's two two page spreads of Isaac touching the life force of the universe and yeah. having that overwhelm him, and even it's a little corny, but even the tears at the end. Of him being like, what am I doing, essentially? And then, you know, the gears slip. And those processes that were trying to kill Titan and or finish Thanos' mission are eradicated, <clears throat> supposedly. And everybody's good. As far as finishing a Marvel story, that's, that's, okay, that's not a bad way to go guess i i will say i don't think so i think something like all-star superman handled this better um so i mean like as far as examples of this sort of thing where somebody's perspective is broadened as a way to end the threat yeah goes this is not the best example of that. No. But it's good. Yeah. So, you know, um, it works. Uh, and it, I think it makes for a much more interesting and believable ending to this than we're just going to smash shit up. Because... Yeah, eventually you could probably smash all the shit up, but we having already smashed shit up and it didn't do anything to then to then have a story that ends with, well, we have crossed the threshold of smashing shit up that solves the story. This is more interesting than that. Yeah, um, it's definitely more interesting and it's also it's a better solution in general anyway, because that was Isaac's whole point. The last time we tried to smash shit up and it didn't work was because he's like, I'm rebuilding my pathways as fast as you can destroy them, man. Like you're only hurting your knuckles. Um, right. Stop it and get off my planet. And that's what they did. Uh, so. And I think this is a much more Marvel specific oh, way. Yeah. To end this. That's what I was because, saying. Because, yeah, I absolutely yeah. agree with that 100%. Any, anyone, Hulk could have shown up and smashed enough shit to make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, the fact that this was this was specifically ended by Marvel's cosmic, cosmic awareness. Also, um, like, it's a good 
Um, I don't know if this ever becomes a thing, but as far as like a writer leaving an Easter egg for another writer down the way, being like, hey, this solved the problem for now. Yeah. But like, what did what did that do? Somebody go, here, have this. Take this information, right. I am done with it. But like, you, you, you can, pl- you could play with that later on and be like, right. Isaac comes back ultra beneficial like and and which i think is kind of what ends up actually happening is that i don't know that he ever goes evil again i don't think so but But like where does he get like does he have does he i you know like this is the past and it's already been written but like the uh does he take does isaac take the the death of marvell particularly hard Mm-hmm. Harder than you would think he would. Um, or well, yeah. They... I, I think that there's an interesting... There's an interesting progression to be had in terms of uh, the development of an AI mm-hmm. wherein they make great leaps and bounds forward in terms of... Uh, in terms of... Um, intellectual development and sophistication but now we've introduced empathy and guilt and so really all we need to do is make isaac ashamed of his body and he's basically human yeah uh (laughs) he's basically me (laughs) yeah you know if i weren't i mean dial up the social anxiety a bit but yeah i mean he can talk to elysius without um crapping himself so he's not (laughs) quite me uh yeah all right i i like that ending i guess more than i let on i'm sorry i'll 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 tell you i'm just so not looking forward to some of the other stuff we're doing well, no, and also, you know, that that's one of the things that I like about doing this is, is you know, talking through shit. I, I often will wind up liking something more than I expected or realize, oh, no, wait, this is actually kind of bullshit. <laughs> like, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, this is why this is why I find thing, conversations about these things more interesting than just reading them and being like, hmm, yes, mm. okay. My farts. So. They smell <laughs> delightful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fantastic Four number 203 has a cover by Dave Cockrum, Joe Sinnott, and Gaspar Saladino and is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Joe Sinnott, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by John Costanza, and edited by Marv Wolfman. Uh, we get kind of a nice standalone issue. Um wherein Reed Richards is called in to consult on the case of Willie Evans Jr. Willie Evans Sr. was exposed by the military to cosmic radiation, and it did not affect him, but Willie Jr. was born with the power to warp reality. And so the Reed and Sue come in to help. Uh, Willie conjures up nightmare versions of the fantastic four they defeat them and then reed richards is just like well you know i know a guy who helps with mutations he may be able to uh help you if you give him a call 
but Willie apparently never does. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I will say, th- guys, guys, I know you're not like a fighting force, right? This is not the X-Men. This is not the Avengers. Like, the Fantastic Four are supposed to be adventurers. They're supposed to be scientists, right? Um, but all that being said, like, you should know by now that when facing evil versions of yourselves, don't pair up with your evil self. Right. It, 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 it's, it's a rock, paper, scissors thing. And you just change go up do... your dance partners, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, same exactly. as always. And they ought to be able to do that by now. I mean, we're on 200 something by now. They ought to be able to just be like, Oh, evil versions of us. Okay. Sue gets Johnny <laughs> thing gets uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And take that out about five minutes. Good. Now we move on to what is actually going on. We go solve the right. goddamn problem. Um, I know right. that it's a book for kids, but and they want to see Johnny fight Johnny because it is fun for about a panel. Luckily, we don't actually take that long. It's two right. pages, I think, for that fight. But I just think it would right. be funny if we spent the time in two or three panels just to be like, okay, you guys know the drill. Like that would be that would be fun. All right. Yeah. Uh. It's a, it's a nice issue just because we've been dealing with so much stuff that's been ongoing for so long. It's kind of nice to have a moment to just be like, here's a single issue. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about a ton of stuff going on. Here's just a nice break. So, yeah. Uh, Marvel 2-in-1, number 46 has a cover by Keith Pollard, Bob Layton, and Irving Watanabe, is written, penciled, and colored by Alan Copperberg, inked by Chick Stone, lettered by Shelley Lefferman and Gaspar Saladino, and edited by Roger Stern. Um, Hulk is angry about the Hulk TV show. Thing is angry that there is no Thing TV show. They both converge on Hollywood to complain uh, and wind up Foiling the kidnapping of Karen Page. Woohoo. Uh, at the end of it, uh, Thing, they send Thing a script for a TV show, but it's just a sitcom about him, and he's just like, ah, fuck that. Whatever. Um, it was fine. Um... I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it's Marvel two in one. Cool. Uh, speaking of, I got nothing. Super villain team up. Number 16 has a cover by Al Milgram and is written by Peter Gillis and penciled by Carmine Infantino inked by Bruce Patterson, colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by Jim Novak and edited by Jim Salakrup. So here's the thing. Supervillain team-up works when you have compelling villains. A story about Dr. Doom? Okay, Doom is a compelling villain. Magneto is a compelling villain. Uh, These two issues are about Red Skull and 
hate monger. And I know that we have, we are now at a point where Hydra has been retconned from Nazi splinter group to older, much older organization going back to the origins of humanity that was co-opted by Nazis for a bit. Um, but Red Skull, straight up Nazi. Yeah. Um, and so this issue is straight up Nazi with clone of Hitler. And that's not an engaging, like, I don't, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not invested in the trials and travails of the dudes who are all about the master race. No. I don't care. Well, and then, Um, like, our underground characters, I don't care about them either. It's just, like, they show up and then one of them fucking straight up dies off camera. And I don't... I'm like, these aren't... This isn't Captain America punching Red Skull in the face. Like, that's... I don't... I don't Even even the underground stuff, I would be more invested in that if A, it were given room to breathe. True. And B, they weren't going up against fucking Red Skull and Hatemonger because the book is about Red Skull and (laughs) Hatemonger. So, like... uh... But the upshot of all of this is Red Skull and Hatemonger team up to recreate the Cosmic Cube. But they're both, like, scheming. Whoopty fucking do. Yeah. Like, duh. And, and so, th- th- that's supposed to be the central conflict of the book, is, like, when are they going to turn on each other? And I'm like, I don't know, shortly after the cube gets built? Shortly yeah. before? They're gonna yeah. turn on... It's around then. Um... If the and the thing is the way that it's presented in the story, if the cube is going to get built, is not a question that is answered. It like get, that's going to happen. Don't worry about it because otherwise we wouldn't have this back and forth. <sighs> Moving on. Let's. Sorry. You're fine. Uh, so supervillain team up number seventeen has a cover by Keith Pollard and Bruce Patterson. And is penciled by Arvel Jones and lettered by John Costanza. Red Skull, they succeed in creating the Cosmic Cube, but they, the plan was not to create a Cosmic Cube. It was actually that Red Skull was going to capture the mind of Adolf Hitler in the Cosmic Cube. Because, like, literally, my my notes on the, on the issue say... Red Skull captures the mind of Adolf Hitler in the Cosmic Cube because comics are fucking weird. <laughs> and, I mean, what a... It's just... It's comics, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, like I said, there's no... There's no part of this, you know... Because super, sometimes like that's I said, the sentence you write down. If this were Doc Doom and Namor, and they were both, like, planning to double cross each other okay because like all right but uh you know because ultimately you're like uh you're invested enough that at the very least even though they're doing the wrong shit you're still just like well these are both compelling characters so 
I hope nobody dies. Yeah. But um but with this I'm like because it's Red Skull and Hitler, my I'm Ken, Ken Watanabe over here just like let, let them, them fight. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. kill each other. Go for it. The world will be better off. Yeah. I we But actually, we don't even get that. No. We don't even get that because they both survive even though Hitler is now in the cosmic cube. He's still around. He's still Hitlering it up. If anything, he's better off now because he won't age and die. <laughs> so like immortal Hitler. Thanks, asshole. <laughs> this is clearly better. Dick. <laughs> yeah. Fucking red skull, man. Anyway, Ah, uh, what the fuck ever. It's the last issue of the series. And like after this, I'm glad. Uh, <coughs> Look, I have never particularly enjoyed uh, Supervillain Team Up. I think we mm-hmm. had fun with it a couple of times. But like, I, I don't know that it's ever been a great book because I don't buy the premise. Right. right. I, I, I just don't. Then, and this is more like a personal preference thing, and maybe it's just never hit right with me. But, like, I don't buy... There's no anti-heroing, and it isn't, like, campy enough to, to be fun to watch them get their comeuppets or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't... And camp's not the right word. But, like, it doesn't... It's never landed with me, and anytime I see it in the reading list, I just go. Well, I will say, I think that avoiding the word camp when connected with issues about Nazis is probably a good idea. But, uh, the... Fair enough. I get, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. They're, like, if you're going, if you're going to do this, there's one of two ways to go. And one is to go full, Lex Luthor stole 40 pies. That's four tens and that's terrible. (laughs) Right. Like, okay, like go full hostess fruit pie ad with it and it's fine. Like, but then we've got like, we've got like Nazis, like working Jews to death and stuff. And it's just kind of like. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the issue 16 opens with him and Hatemonger having dinner um, on, on like, a glass ceiling that's over the cells. And yeah. so that they can eat and look down upon the people they have enslaved. And I'm like, I don't want any part of this. Like, I'm not yeah. going to be happy... It's not uh, going to go up from here. Yeah, like, I'm not... If, if you know, if the volcano explodes and kills everyone and the slaves get out somehow, sure, I'll be happy with that, given this imagery, you fucking monsters. Like, I'm not going to root for these guys in any way. And I understand yeah. that's the point, but, like, then what am I doing here? Right. Like, right? Like, that's that's the problem I have with... Like, the thing that bugs me is, like, I've never been given a reason to be here because it isn't fun. It isn't... It's... They're just being evil. 
and then Woo-hoo. they self-destruct and that's yeah. you're not making them scarier like now i know that if you just leave them alone they'll blow each other up like cap can yeah. just be like oh he's got another mad bomb all right uh i guess keep an eye on it if he if he actually gets out of his own cave this time i guess call me I'm going to go yeah. uh, watch a uh, great British, British baking show and chill out. Like, because clearly they're inept, right? Like, that's... They, not, none of this... You're, you're breaking something that didn't need to be broken for me. Well, and I, I will <laughs> say, I think that winds up being the most... The most historically accurate version of, of Hitler and his lieutenants yes. where it's just like, if you just like, yeah, we had to fight them because they were evil, but also like they were going to self-destruct too. It was just how many people were going to die in between. Could we stop? Um, the, could we save some people before they exploded themselves? Right. And there's argument to be married, but yeah. Right. Uh, anyway. Amazing Spider-Man number 186 has a cover by Keith Pollard and Gaspar Saladino, written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Keith Pollard, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by M- Marie Severin, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Marv Wolfman. Um, so the police are trying to get a hold of Spider-Man. But for once, it's good news. Uh, and it's because he've been, he's been cleared of any wrongdoing in all of the shit he's been blamed for. Uh, so DA Tower announces, hey, Spider-Man's not being sought any longer. And uh, so, hooray. However, somebody has hired the chameleon to make people hate Spider-Man again. Uh, he fails because Spider-Man uh, figures him out and unmasks him. Uh, and so we're setting up somebody in the shadows fucking with Spider-Man, which continues throughout the next couple issues that we read this week uh, and presumably into the future. whoop de fucking do uh, Yeah. Anything to add currently? Uh, no. Okay. Amazing Spider-Man number 187 has a cover by Keith Pollard, Frank Giacoya, and Irving Watanabe, written by Marv Wolfman and Jim Starlin, penciled by Jim Starlin, inked by Bob McCloud, colored by Michelle Wolfman, lettered by Annette Kowacki, and edited by Marv Wolfman and Jim Shooter. This issue, we get heroes fighting heroes, with Cap going up against Spider-Man, turns out that it's because spider-man just blew past all the shield agents trying to keep people out of an area because he's just an asshole who can't like get the hint and so cap is like what the fuck are you doing get out of here and spider-man's like no and so they fight and then it turns out that the whole reason is because electro has taken some kid hostage who has the plague and spy cap was trying to save spider-man's life by getting him to go the fuck away um 
He doesn't. He follows Cap into the uh, electrical station. And uh, they take Electro down, who is seemingly killed. But let's face it. No, he's not. Uh, And they save the kid. They get their booster shots. Everybody's happy. Hooray. And again. here is like just. Cap. God damn it. And I know that we're doing this only so that we can do a Heroes Fighting Heroes thing. But at the same time, it's like. All you had to say was, dude, there's fucking plague in the area. Do you want to be here anymore? And he'd be like, oh, also keep that on the fucking DL. Okay. Do you want to help? I really recommend not. And him being like, ah, I think I'm going to, but if we get the plague, what's with that? And him being like... I don't know, man. We both of our physiologies are so fucking weird. Do you do you think I have any idea? No, I guess not. So uh, I get we go. What what are we doing here? We're saving we're saving a little boy. Damn, that sounds like a thing we ought to do. Okay, just follow my fucking lead. Um, there are there were so many there were so many good reasons. <laughs> For heroes to fight heroes. There were so many worthwhile... There were so many times where heroes are working at cross purposes. Mm-hmm. That, okay, sure. It's annoying, but, like, I at least get it. But these, where literally all someone has to do is be, like, plague. Well, like, and they are working ostensibly at cross purposes to begin with. And, like, Peter's got this whole thing where... He's got no money at all, and he needs the cash to blah, blah, blah. It's it's the same song. Standard reason. So, like, he needs these fucking pictures and the reporting that he's going to do, like, while he's there to find out why this town is now empty. Um, Right. And that's fair, but, like, as soon... Cap, Cap has the fucking upper hand as soon as he's just, like, fucking plague, man. And Spider Man goes, Oh, okay. We're, uh. Yeah. We're doing Cap, Cap has so much cultural cachet <clears throat> that him saying, You need to get out of here. There's plague. That does it. I like, mean, Cap just. Unless like, you're a supervillain, you will listen to that. But even Cap being. The thing that's frustrating is, like, Cap's like, I can't tell you. You just need to leave. It's like, you can't do that to Spider-Man. You know that. He's too fucking... That's not gonna work. He's too fucking curious. Even if you kick his ass and send him packing, he's coming. He's behind you still. And you should have known that. So it's just easier to bypass all of that and be like, hey, like, calm down. But here's the story. As much of it as I'm willing to give you right now, there's a little boy... There's also a, pl- a possibility of plague. We do you still want in? Because I got yeah. no time for this. And him be like that's a much better conversation than it is a fight. Like yeah, that's well, and even just saying for reasons of national security, <clears throat> you, you need to trust me and leave. I'm Captain America. Trust me. Leave the area. But no, it's just like, get out of here. And it's like, 
why what's going on just go and it's yeah, like spider-man's a five-year-old when it comes to this kind of stuff just yeah. go i need you to go why because it's important why is it important just go i don't want to go if it's important like yeah okay dead horse yeah. let's go yep uh so yeah but once again electro has been hired by this mysterious whoever to cause problems for spider-man again who cares uh so yeah uh amazing spider-man number 188 uh spider-man and his friends go on a cruise that's attacked by jigsaw and his men and whoever's behind everything that's going on steals the body of john jameson okay things (laughs) that i liked about this are they kidnap harry um and he is peter's like huh shit 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 like this is bad because he's been making so much progress with his doctors that we don't know are evil yet or were evil or the new ones aren't evil right now um he's been making so much progress with his doctors that if he has a relapse because of this shit i'm gonna lose it because at first he they just grab liz and they're Mm -hmm. like liz is coming with us and peter's like as spider-man is like harry before you freak out let's see if we can maybe work it so you go with her and be a hostage too which is a really good plan right because if they would have just taken liz he has a fucking episode on the boat that's bad right um keep him with liz Fuck, i didn't i didn't do the creative team i'm sorry anyway go ahead we'll we'll harry with liz go solve that problem later that was a good call i liked that um and then he gets there just in time before you know while like that that was a really good problem solve and then also before that while they're on the boat and this has happened a few times throughout these three issues of peter (laughs) so betty is like no i'm with you now i'm separated i can do whatever i want and it's like and peter's just like two things about that though i don't know that that's how that works from my point of view and two i don't know that i'm this is a thing i'm comfortable with and betty's not really listening to that at all yeah peter's not making this point very loud he could be doing a better job but uh she's definitely not listening they keep running into mary jane and mary jane's just like well groovy i guess and (laughs) still calling the dude she's with zeros though every time they run into another guy or they run into mary jane she's with somebody that her thought bubbles are like this guy i'm with sucks i'm like but peter sucks (laughs) so i that's on you (laughs) i don't know what to tell you um this is mostly a uh let's not forget to check in with uh, peter's love life because it is still going to be interesting uh yeah yeah the the harry thing is the best part though yeah probably of the whole run agreed 
Um, so the creative team that I forgot to mention, cover artist uh, was Dave Cockrum and Terry Austin. Uh, this issue was uh, written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Keith Pollard, uh, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Bob Sharon, and lettered by Jim Novak, and then edited by Marv Wolfman. So, my bad. Right. Um, uh, in the end, Jigsaw has a break uh, and gets captured. Yeah. Uh, so, Spectacular Spider-Man number 24 has a cover by Frank Springer, written by Bill Mantlo, penciled and inked by Frank Springer, colored by Bob Sharon, lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by Bob Hall. Uh, Peter's friends drag him out to the disco uh, while they're there. The disco is beset by the hypno-hustler, uh, but Spider-Man is able to plug up his ears with webbing and take him down. Mary Jane is there with a dude, blah, 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 whatever. That's... It's a fairly standalone issue wherein everything is fine and yeah uh nothing happens except another, yeah. and an okay fight i don't know it's spectacular it's weird yeah uh so marvel spotlight number three has a cover by al milgram written by doug mensch Penciled by Pat Broderick, inked by Gene Day, colored by Glennis Ween, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Roger Stern. Um, everybody's hanging out and enjoying the bounty of Titan. Uh, Marvell is hanging around and enjoying the bounty of Elysius. Uh, <laughs> but like he's like, we should head back to Earth. And everybody's like, okay. And Elysius is like, I'll come too. And Marvel's like, but are you sure? And she's like, bro, I'm all about it. Let's do it. <laughs> and uh, so they're headed back to Earth when they are waylaid by an abandoned ship. They explore the ship, deal with its defenses, blah, blah, blah. When Marvel gets a brainwave from Eon, and Eon, Eon is like, shit's getting real, dude. Uh, these aliens. They're, here's how you uh, get into their database and see what they're after. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to go do cosmic shit. And uh, Marvell then gets into the computer and it turns out he's the target. And in situations like this, I'm constantly amazed how blindsided Marvell gets by stuff, given that he has the cosmic awareness. Like, I like the I, I like the idea of his omniscience. Um, like he is ostensibly omniscient, but he's not omnipresent. Well, so he's yeah. not a he's got to like focus in on shit, or right, else exactly. he's just like, Bleh. but then the question sometimes becomes like, what good is it? <laughs> um, well, he has well, all the. In- I, I I actually don't mind that all the information is available. Through the cosmic awareness, all data is at his fingertips. 
he still has to form the sequel or whatever it is the cosmic the cosmic query language to actually uh do anything with that and uh i think that's that's okay that that's fine i mean it's it works narratively but it like it's much easier to like deal with narratively you know it's the it's the diana troy problem where if you write a story wherein if diana was on the bridge we just know they were evil um then then you don't have a story and that's why troy can't be here right it's much easier with uh with something like this where it's like where it's selective awareness which also makes sense because otherwise his mind would implode uh sure but i feel like there should be a way to set up a google notification (laughs) like if anybody if anybody's just like we're gonna get marvell then he gets pinged by the awareness and he's just like huh oh yeah i should worry about that or like set up notifications for marvell earth (laughs) you know the the big things that he knows he needs to worry about (laughs) so that he's not fucking blindsided by this i mean i i get it i understand that the cosmic awareness is like the internet it's all there you just have to know how to find but like again i can set up notifications that like google will be like hey Here's some news about a thing. Like <laughs> somebody with your name is wanted for murder. Just might yeah. want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, moving on, we get a random issue of Avengers. Uh, Avengers number 178 has a cover by John Buscema, written by Steve Gerber, penciled by Carmine Infantino, inked by Rudy Nebris, colored by Nell Yamtov, Lettered by Joe Rosen and edited by Roger Stern and Jim Salakrup. Um Beast is out on the town having a good time with the ladies when he has a run-in with a dude who hates mutants. Blah, blah, blah. But then our actual story starts wherein there's a dude called the Manipulator who starts manipulating Beast. He's doing this in order to sell his services to the mob. The various mob bosses. But then, having gotten his payment from the mob bosses, he then turns around and he's like, Haha, I've been working with the feds. And the feds are just like, We're here too. You're all under arrest. And then the manipulator's just like, See, my tech works. And they're just like, Cool, good job. We'll be in touch or whatever. And, but then. He starts manipulating the feds too. And it's just like, dude, what, what are you doing? What is the end goal here? So do you want enemies or criminal friends or federal? What are you doing? What is your, what's your deal? Like just show everyone how powerful you are and then make them mad at you. Cause that's what you're doing. Um, They're not But like, what really kind of sucks about all of this is that Beast is wholly incidental to the plot of the mm-hmm. story. Uh, he He's there, and he gets manipulated, but at the end, he doesn't break out of it. Everybody just sort of leaves, and they're like, he'll figure it out. <laughs> and that's it. Like, Beast doesn't do anything. He's just... 
He gets manipulated. He continues being manipulated. And then they're done manipulating him. And everybody goes home. So explain to me the guy. The guy in the rags. That shows up and is like, I've come to die for you. That uh, that was totally the manipulator, though. It was? Yeah. Then why is he showing up at the end? Is it Because still... the manipulator is manipulating the feds. But he already manipulated the feds before he left. But what I'm saying is, whatever the manipulator's doing, the, the, do, the I will die for you guy is part of that. Like, okay. But I, but I think that unless this is just Steve Gerber being Steve Gerber and uh, going all oh, elf with fuck, a gun about, about that. it, but that's entirely but possible. The fact, the fact that it happens right after a run in with the manipulator to the feds, because previously the elf with a gun thing was random. The elf with a gun thing was just. Here's a character here who gets shot by an elf. Here's a character here who gets shot by an elf. What's going on? Who the fuck cares? The The universe is a weird place. Yeah. And that's fine. But here, Beast, ha- Beast has dealings with the manipulator during which he sees this thing. Then the feds have dealings with the manipulator after which they see this thing. So it stands to reason then that it's the manipulator's doing. Sure, and it makes more sense because this guy is the impetus for him having, on top of the conversation at the bar earlier, like the only things, none of them, I agree with you entirely that the beast stuff and the manipulator stuff are incidental. Like, they just happen to happen, period. Um, it doesn't need to be beast for manipulator, whatever. The, cool, the only cool thing that happens with Beast is, like, the introspection shit that he does because of the conversation at the bar and because the guy freaked him out. Um, and then he goes back to the mansion and he's kind of like, um, what am I doing here? Which is more on, more of the same, I don't know. That's, I, don't ha- I guess really... I don't have anything solid here. Well, but I mean, it is basically just that's all Beast is here for. I mean, that's why this issue is about him and not Wonder Man or, uh, you know, whatever. is because Beast is trying to figure out what he's doing and why. Um, Cool. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Incredible Hulk number 227 has a cover by Herb Trimpey, Joe Rubenstein, and Gaspar Saladino, and is written by Roger Stern and Peter Gillis, penciled by Sal Buscema, inked by Klaus Johnson, colored by Glynis Ween, lettered by John Costanza and Rick Parker, and edited by Bob Hall. Um, so, Samson begins work with the Hulk. They dose Banner with Gamma Epinephrine, to turn him into the Hulk without sending Hulk off on the rampage. And then Samson uses the REM integrator to enter his thoughts and memories. And in doing so, discovers that 
Banner and the Hulk are two separate personalities. At the end of this, the machine gets destroyed and blah, 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 but whatever. So um, wait, are we calling it separate personalities or separate entities entire? Well, so basi- basically, basically what, what we're getting at here is that Hulk and Banner are not separate aspects of the same person. Okay. They are separate and unique, whether it is whether it is two entities in the same body or two personalities of the same entity. Either way, there is there is no overlap between yeah, the two. This is not duality. Yeah. Right. And so so this is this is one of the this is something that can be really interesting with the Hulk. Uh, depending on your inclination, um, because different writers come at it with different, um, different views on it. Because just this week I saw a, a conversation that Greg Pak was having where he was saying that he views the Hulk and Banner on a spectrum. And that is not the case here. We are saying here we are saying Hulk and Banner are different and complete individuals sharing a body. However that works, they are Banner is not Hulk. Hulk is not Banner. Right. Whereas Greg Pak feels differently. Um, and so, you know, there that like I said. That can that can be really an interesting way to get into this if you are so inclined. If you're not, I'm sure it's frustrating to just be like, pick one. But um, but I don't know. Personally, I like the fact that it's not so cut and dry, um, because it does allow for more examinations of the character whereas if you say x is x and y is y and that's the way it is yeah then that's kind of boring but and i like that it can change too right that's important to the character because otherwise none of the really neat stuff that happens later can happen um right. and none of the growth that's happened so far can happen either right because right. it was a werewolf right at the beginning literally it only came yeah. out during at night and then it became it morphed into something else and it's changed again and it's like is it a curse what it, is it an aspect of banner himself no he's his real he's his own person we know that because of the jorella stuff in the microverse um and I like that better. Um, so when they go back and forth trying to make Hulk like an aspect of Banner, that's irritating. Um, this is better. I, and it's just better for it to be malleable. Like the rules are malleable. That's mm-hmm. that's one of, this is one of those few times where I think this is better. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, overall, 
Well, and I think it's interesting to sort of make Hulk's mental health a moving target. Um, because I feel like if you if you if you say this is how it works, this is always how it's going to work, blah blah blah, then at a certain point somebody else can you know then all it is, all it is is just get him in a room get a team of the best mental health professionals you can and sort it out well but with then, this well but that's insulting too because it becomes the hulk is a problem that we solve right well right well Insta- right but, but, but what like, i'm saying is even the hulk is his own person you know right yeah but I, I'm just saying that, you know, not even to solve the Hulk, but at least to reach a some sense of equilibrium. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas with this, it's like you can solve things for a while. You can get the Hulk to a point where he's not constantly like Bruce Banner stubs his toe and suddenly a town is gone. Um, you know... But how long is that going to last? Yeah. You know, at some point there's going to be a shift in Banner's psychology and then all that work is gone. So, yeah. Um, and then we wrap up this week with uh, <coughs> Incredible Hulk number s- annual number seven, which has a cover by John Byrne, Bob Layton and Irving Watanabe, written by Roger Stern and John Byrne, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Bob Layton. Colored by Janice Cohen, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Bob Hall. Angel and Iceman are hanging out at uh, Angel's uh, Colorado cabin when they are beset by uh, Master Mold. They manage to, to... Iceman is captured, and Angel manages to lead him on a merry chase to Gamma Base, where they, they kind of just drop it in Hulk's lap. And then Master Mold takes out Angel and heads off to space. Hulk head, hitches a ride, and they're taken to Master Mold's satellite. We find out that Master Mold has the memories and personality now of Stephen Lang. Uh, and Angel's like, yeah, but Stephen Lang is alive uh and in a coma and master mold's like oh shit then what am i (laughs) and then everything blows up um i like the part at the end though where hulk is like no i'm gonna stay here and beat the shit out of things because i'm the hulk and that's what i do and angel and or warren and bobby have to figure out how to like are we saving the hulk does the hulk need saving what are we doing? And finally, Bobby's like, "We got no time, man. Get in the th- get in the goddamn pod. I'm gonna piss him off." And Warren's like, "That doesn't seem like a good okay. We're done." <laughs> like, and yeah. they end up falling back to Earth. Bobby has to put out an immense amount of strength of his own to keep them from bl- uh, burning up on reentry. I like that. Um, because Bobby gets pieced out fairly early in the fight at the um, the house. And Warren has to, like, in the middle section of this whole saga is the Warren show. Like, him proving that he has a little more 
tactical um, capability than he used to. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Bobby saving their asses as they fall back to space. And then uh, be, them both looking up at the sky and being like, well, Banner and Hulk. That's, uh, that's a whole complicated thing, isn't it? And yeah. Hulk climbs up on their iceberg and is like, Hulk here, where Hulk? Oh no, Hulk's friends! And just bounces off and he's like, okay, you can't kill him. He cannot die. I, uh, I assume that's what that means. Uh, we should probably tell someone about that. Um, so I like, I like kind of like the way that it ends. Yeah. Top five? Top five! The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Top Five. Number five, uh, Warren, Bobby, and Hulk working together to take down Mastermind. It actually was a good fight. Um, I like a good space station fight. I like that the very first thing they did when they realized they were on a space station was to go... Okay, clearly we have to beat the bad guy, but somebody make sure we know how to get down from here. Um, that was actually well done. Um, number four, the way the Beast deals with the drunk guy at the bar at the beginning of that Avengers story is very Beast. I'm not saying it's the right way or the wrong way. It's the very Beast way of dealing with a dude who gets up in his face. Un- and all the even up to the okay i'm going to put you on the floor now so that you don't deal so that i don't have to deal with you anymore Mm -hmm. then i'm going to leave like i thought that was all very beast um number three like we were talking about keeping the banner hulk relationship mutable like being able to change that at any point in time as long as your answer makes sense is fine by me um and i don't know that's i don't i guess we don't really have a specific ant like thing from this week because this is just the way it works right now and that's i guess the concept is something that i like uh number two Keeping Harry with Liz, that was an incredibly good solution on Peter's part, and it reminded us that Harry is fragile and dangerous, um, but that he still cares for him. And then uh, number one is the Marvel solution for Isaac. Um, Like, you're right. There are a lot of different ways different heroes could handle that problem, um, and... This being the most Marvel way of, well, I tried to punch you a bunch. Last ditch, let's put you in communion with the entirety of life. Uh, see what that does, and it breaking him, because he's not desi- Isaac is not designed to handle that. Is a very Captain Marvel solution to the problem. Well, I don't think I don't think anyone's really designed to. No handle that i mean marvell marvell was able to handle it because a he's marvell and b because eon 
worked to break him down and then build him into what he needed to be to be able to handle it. You know, Genusvel gets uh gets cosmic awareness and loses the thread <laughs> real quick. So, you know, yeah, like of course Isaac fucking blew is it blew a circuit. Like yeah. Obviously. So. Was that your number one? That was my number one. I'm done. Okay. No, I just, I realized I was like, shit, I don't know if it was. Okay. Uh, Number five. Immortal Hitler. Good job. (laughs) Well done, asshole. I need a way to remove my chief competition from the field. And it's like, so you're... Your plan is to make him... I mean, a bullet would work. (laughs) Like, just blow his brains out. But sure, stick him in a cube from which he cannot escape, even in death. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Number four is uh, Isaac becoming ashamed of his body, because I like the uh, concept of that. Yeah. I like the idea of Isaac becoming a never-nude like sure they're just like Isaac what are you doing and he's like what and they're like why are you wearing jean shorts well there were dozens of us um (laughs) I uh yeah uh number three is uh Betty just being like we're together now and Peter's just like you're you're married and she's like separated like you need to you need to actually end things with with Ned. Nope. I'm here now. Let's bone. He's five and time zones away. I call that ended. No, that's really not how that works. Yeah, I which think. <sighs> Yeah. Fucking hell, man. Uh Let's see. That was number 3. Number 2 uh Hulk Hulk just kind of making an, himself a nuisance to Master Mold. Uh, this is kind of this is kind of like the the bit in Age of Ultron where Hulk gets on board the Quinjet and you just hear Ultron go, "Oh, for God's sake!" <laughs> like that's basically what Hulk does here because Hulk like starts beating the shit out of Master Mold and Master Mold's like. Fuck, I don't even care about you. Go away. And so he grabs Angel and flies away. And Hulk's like, oh, fuck no. And like grabs hold and rides all the way into space with him. And then like winds up blowing him up. And Master Mold's just like, God damn it. I'm just after the mutants, man. I don't even care what you do. I don't have... A prerogative about you. You're weird, and that's fine, but, like... You may become an issue later. But, like, (laughs) right now, you're not what I'm worried about. (laughs) You're not on the list. Yeah. Uh, And the number one is the the ending of the Marvel story with Isaac getting in touch with everything in existence. um, And just sort of, you know, getting some perspective. Um... Anyway, uh, on that note, yes. um, 
The uh, so that is it for us this week. Next week, we mostly have an Incredible Hulk. Uh, so yeah, couple outliers, but mostly that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, in the meantime, um, visit our website at watchersguide.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us both individually and at watchersguidemu on Twitter. Uh, and email us at watchersguide at gmail.com. Please give us a like uh, or a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen uh, to the show. Um, have a marvelous week. Bye. Bye.